Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with filmmaker Fergus Dowd and former Debenhams worker Carol Ann Bridgman about their timely film 406 Days. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I just want to go into it and um, first up ask how the pair of ye met and how, uh, Fergus, actually, how did you decide to pick this as a topic? Um, well, I suppose how it came about is um, myself and Sue O'Connell, we wrote a book called Tales from the Debenhams Picket Line um, about the story. So we had interviewed the workers for the book. Uh, the book did very well. It sold out two print runs. Um, that was November 2021. And um, so the idea of the film really came, it was actually myself and Carol Ann were, were chatting one night um, <clears throat> because the book had done so well. We were just saying, God, it'd be uh, amazing if uh, we we could do a film on this story, you know. And um, I actually, I'm actually an IT systems analyst by trade. So this was my first ever time to be involved in a film. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, uh, so I sort of had to rack my brains and say, right, well, who do I know in the film world? So this was January uh, 2022, so this is January last year. And um, I actually, uh, I had worked previously on on a um, on a project about an Irish man called Patrick O'Connell who saved FC Barcelona during the Spanish Civil War. And I, so I, I had a, a, I contacted a, a guy called Cormac Hardigan who had done the jo- John Giles documentary uh, for RTE, uh, just to sort of high level, just to say, look, we haven't, you know, with this book is done quite well and, and we're interested in doing a film project. And would he suggest anybody or, you know, directors or, the, you know, the type of people in, in, the, in the Dublin locality. And, um, he, uh, we sort of chatted for about twenty minutes, and he just mentioned that uh, there's a chap called Joe Lee who ha- and Joe had 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 produced, uh, directed the film Fortune's Wheel, which was about a lion tamer in Dublin in the 1950s. Uh, a lion escaped, and he'd also worked on on the story, uh, a film uh, about the um, Moore Street traders. Uh, uh, women's uh, workers. So um, he had Joe's number. He gave me Joe's number. I'd never spoken to Joe before. We'd never met. So I just rang Joe out of the blue February last year, went into Buswell's hotel, had a coffee and decided we'd do this film. So that's sort of how it came about. But we had to move very quickly because uh, two, two main things was that obviously the story was still raw in the people's heads, in the workers' heads. And the other thing was that... Uh, you know, if you watch the film, you'll notice the film is different. It's a different type of film. It's we didn't use a studio. We actually filmed inside the empty buildings, so we had to get permission to do that. Um, so we, so I think at this stage, I probably know every property management company in Ireland uh, trying to get into these buildings, but we managed it. So as I say, um, they were the key sort of two things. But that's sort of how it came about. Because it's very um haunting the interviews that you do, because you can get that kind of echo in the background. And you see that it's like this kind of empty husk of mm. of this building, and I think it's it's very sort of powerful. Like like you know, and and you think in so many ways it's that this space has been really cleared out. Um, yeah, it was ex- extremely eerie when we went in. I mean, you know, the 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 building hadn't been. We went in last March, so like it was empty for nearly a year because the you know the or nearly two years actually because covid would have started march 2020 so um yeah it was extremely i mean it was just ourselves the people we were interviewing and a security man you know rambling around so 
And um, God, Carol, how do you feel now watching this again and now that it has another life? So I presume when the book came out, it kind of brings everything up because I know myself, I um, was made redundant very suddenly. And there's a grief to it uh, because people don't appreciate like, you know, these are your friends. This is the, the job you've dedicated your life to that your friends are around and people go, oh, like it's only a job. And you're like, actually, for it's everything. And then when it's kind of taken away, it's it, it act, there's grief. Like I, I remember being personally really hurt by that and, and devastated in the moment because it's such a shock. And then to have everyone renege everything on you that they had promised you in that in that instance and deliver you nothing. And I know as well, it can be a while before the money comes through then. And then to have the, the powers that be facilitate everything. <laughs> like, I just... Um, I mean, the, the, pro the process, like you said, it is a grief process. You lose part of your identity, who you are, your lifestyle, your friends, your family, people that you're in contact with on a regular basis. Um, it's what we got up in the morning morning for and it's what what we knew and what we loved to do um losing it I mean the battle we had when we did lose our jobs I think it kept us busy it kept us occupied um we worked together very very well throughout the 11 stores which gave us all that sense of unity and strength and everything and the pickets was still an opportunity to maintain some of those relationships for our work um with our work colleagues but i mean at the end at the end of our dispute when i mean the when the action came to an end personally i was devastated I think I was more devastated by that because we got nothing. We were treated so badly by the government, by the legal system. We were treated very, very badly. But the film, even though it is raw and emotional and it's a very, very strong impact on what the workers went through, it is a tribute to the workers and what we experienced and the hardships that we went through. And I mean, the fact that we were predominantly women, we were 11 stores, very, very isolated, but throughout every adversity, we all came together and we stayed strong together. And I think that comes across for me personally with this film. And it is a tribute to the workers for what they endured. Um, so I've, I've watched it a couple of times and I mean, like that, I think each time it gets more emotional for us. We, I mean, like that, even when the guards came in and broke up the pickets, I mean, this was in the middle of the night. So we were all isolated in our own homes, watching these live feeds, unable to do anything. And that feeling of helplessness, it still haunts us because we couldn't do anything about it. That if we had the numbers there, Maybe it would have changed, it would have made a difference, but because of the circumstances, the isolation from everyone, from all the stores, it was very, very difficult. But like I said, the film, it does, it, it, it is a massive tribute to the workers. And for that, I'm very, very grateful for Fergus and Joel. Do you think things might have been different if COVID hadn't hit? Um, I think if COVID hadn't hit, the company still had planned on closing and there's been, I mean, 
there's been evidence uncovered since that indicated that it was still going to close regardless. Um, but the fight would still have been taken up for sure. Um, and that fight could have been very, very different because where we didn't get the support um, on the pickets that we should have got, we relied very heavily on social media because there was the travel restrictions, there was the isolation, um, there was the COVID. So that was our first battle was against all that. But we still did get support from people passing in the streets and from even people passing in cars and businesses and stuff like that. If if it wasn't COVID, I would imagine that support would have been far, far bigger and more of a response to what we were standing and fighting for. And people would have understood it more because people were battling their own difficulties with COVID. So there wasn't much room in maybe their lives to be looking at things that were going going on elsewhere. And I mean, like I said, we did only have the social media platform in order to highlight um our our strike action. So a lot of people wouldn't have seen that and a lot of a lot of people wouldn't have tuned in and understood it better. Um, but I think from the film, um I mean after we viewed it in UC UCC in Cork, people came up to me afterwards apologizing to me that they didn't realize what was going on. And that was, I mean, for me, that was kind of like a realization that even though we fought it on the pickets and on social media, it didn't get out to as many people as what we thought it would have done. The thing about KPMG as well is they get to keep a nice hefty cut of all that. So that was in their best interest for it to sell it. They're not going to get it because you'd be the best. KPMG are still working on the liquidation process of Debenham. So they're still being, they're still getting paid and I mean, like that, it is going into the millions. So, um, I mean, it's in their best interest to keep it going as long as they possibly can, because they're the longer it goes on, the more they're going to get paid. Um, and it is, I mean, like that, it's very hard to. I mean, we we were predominantly women, but we weren't stupid. We weren't we weren't naive enough to think that. I mean, we weren't looking for anything that we didn't feel we were entitled to, and that we didn't earn. Um, I mean, we had sacrificed so much for so many years in order to maintain um, the operation of, of all 11 stores um, and to generate the profits for the vulture funds and the CEOs and everyone else. But what we were looking for was what we were, what we had worked for. And, and what you'd been promised, what you had been promised contractually. Yes. That was there. That was like if you were going to get redundancy and like if the funds weren't there, fine, the funds weren't there. And then at the end of the day, I'd I'd be interested to know when everything is wrapped up, are they going to pay the state back for anything the state? Like, you know, the way the state are probably the people that actually paid the check of your um of your the redundancy that you did manage well, that to get. comes that, that well that's actually very interesting because I know um the tea shop kept harping on that it was the state that paid it but in actual fact that comes from a social insurance fund that the companies pay into while they're, while they're operating so that's a social fund that our redundancy was paid out from what we were looking for was would have come in directly yeah. from the company and the assets of the company but it's actually the state agencies, they, the social welfare office, the tax office, they all have to get paid first before any other um, creditors. 
I love um I don't want to say it now because it's a, a bit of a spoiler, but the the stock that was the, that was managed to to stay there. What happened to that at the end? It was removed. Yeah, yeah it was all removed. And some some other stores then bought it. They bought all the fixtures and fittings, the stock and the cosmetics. And I mean, even at the time, it was before Christmas, all the cosmetics went into Michael Guiney's. So there was huge interest. I mean, it lasted for a couple of days where they were releasing different products every day. And I mean, there was queues to get in to buy the stock. So um, it it didn't make as much money as what they had thought, but it did generate a lot a lot of money. And knowing what you know now, what do you think would make a difference, or um, like that? I think I mean what we what we done. We were I mean we were we were very respectful to each other, and I mean like that we put up a we we put up a strong fight and everything, but. The, system, the structures aren't there in place to protect workers. When we were when we were picketing, we the 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 laws around picketing do not protect the workers, and it's very. I mean, I was brought to the I was brought to the high court because um for an injunction against my part on the picket, um and it's not that I done anything wrong. But I just felt that I was doing effective picketing in 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 a nice way, um, and I mean like that there was there was no issues as such. Only that we refused to let the stock out of the stores, so we manned the picket at the gates. Um, but there needs to uh, there definitely needs to be a review of the laws with workers' rights and with um with strike action and 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 the laws around that um to give people more power i like that we we stood in front we stood in front of trucks we prevented we parked our cars across gates we 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 had to be we had to try to be as um creative as possible without crossing the line how much did like if you see in all that footage all the guards bills there how much did their wages cost you know, and if they had just taken that and put that into a fund and used that to pay it, I'd say at the end of the day, they would have covered it twice over. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, secure, I mean, security actually cost nearly nine to ten million, and all the workers were looking for was thirteen and a half million euros. So, like the the Debenhams group continued to trade for nine months while the uh, workers were on uh, picket. Uh, so in Derry and Belfast and in in the in mainland England, Wales and Scotland, they actually made 142 million in those nine months in sales. They what they did was they took the what was the cash cow, uh, the online site, and they brought that that across into a UK domain. And so if you bought a blouse in Dublin or you bought a skirt in Cork, those monies went to a UK bank account. But the workers were told originally that that online site would be used for you know their redundancy. Which wasn't the case. Uh, within one month of the strike taking place, the .e site had been moved to a .co.uk domain, um, and uh, alongside that, um, like Debenham sold their Danish. So what happened here really was that the Irish side and the Danish uh, Debenhams were made co-guarantors in 2019 on the 9th of April 2019. 
um, of a 200 million floating charge loan to keep Debenhams alive. And um, in January 2020, three months before the workers got their generic email, um, the Danish side were released from the guarantor of that loan. Uh, so, so the 200 million is key because um, in Irish uh, company law, a floating charge can only come into law within 12 months. So on the 9th of April 2020, 12 months to the day that they sign off, they liquidate the company. So a floating charge can only come into play in Irish company law in liquidation process after 12 months. So the debt in Debenhams, Ireland goes from 22 million to 300 million. So they have to liquidate the company. So it's a tactical liquidation. You know, like it is like and so they've been kind of planning that and kind of screwing oh, yeah. over. I mean, we we actually found out that the the, the workers were actually, they weren't even going to get an email that this was going to be announced on Sky News. You know, they would have found out on Sky News. Only Irish directors sent an email at five to twelve. Uh, on the morning of the 9th of April, 2020, um, the the press release was ready for midday. It would have been announced on Sky News. Bef- you know, that's how they would have found out, but only for a decency of a couple of the Irish directors um, who sent an email out. Um, they would have found out through uh, Sky News. This is why this film is so great, because, I mean, it's just really kind of highlighted the humanity of that and that cost to it in, in a really visceral way, where, again, like I was shocked at... The, the physicality of the actual protest and, and what you guys actually had to live through. But I want to ask a little bit about the mechanics of the filmmaking process. So l- tell me a little bit, actually, if you can, about how you guys got the footage. Was it um, collected? Was there a call out? Did you have to secure the rights for everything? Like Because there's a lot of coverage there as well as those um, lovely interviews. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose. Well, it's it, it, it's done in two ways. I mean, um, it obviously you have the interviews in store interviews, but also there was a lot of social media. So I myself had myself and Joe really had to. We we basically just trawled the social media. Um, so it, it wasn't really a call out as such. We just basically went through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, just with Debenhams and um put it all on a drive and, and literally went through it all. Obviously we also, we, we, there is, um, you know, RTE and Virgin media would have done a, you know, a number of reports. So we would have had to, um, obviously get, you know, uh, permission to use their, uh, footage, um, which we did. And, um, but yeah, it's a different, it's sort of, it's in two streams, if you like. You've got this sort of sit down interviews where, you know, the people are talking, but also you have that um, social media aspect, which gives it that, that raw feel of, of you know, um, you know, that these were, a lot of the, the, the filming was done by the workers themselves, you know, on cameras and different things like that. And it, as, as Caroline alluded to earlier, See, this strike was in the middle of a COVID, so there was no media attention at all. So their only platform was social media. And, and you know, so um, I think with, with this film also, you know, it, it's, it's. I mean, we, um, you know, filmed around all the different loading bays, you know, where the, these these workers stood. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have any toilet facilities. You know, these were in the most... You know, this is you know back of buildings where trucks arrive to you know to to bring in stock. So it's just they're they're freezing cold as well. I mean, we spent three hours, six hours down in Cork filming, 
uh, down in, in Patrick Street. And like there's a wind, that, it's like a tunnel and it's just a wind goes through. So, I mean, I was saying to, to Joe, like the director and, you know, I mentioned, I said, like we've stood here for six hours. I'm absolutely freezing. How in God's name could you stand here for 406 days? You know, it's just incredible. Um, you know, and I think, and I say it, it was really, you know, I think the, I think also in the film, like there is, it's quite raw, but also in the film, there's, the, I think we get across well the, the whole camaraderie and, and you know that that whole thing of of, you know, you, you might have worked, you know, if you work together, you might be on a different floor or a different department. But by the end of this strike, everybody knew everybody's business. They lived with each other. And, you know, I think that's a great thing that because you nowadays in Ireland, you don't get that sense of community. Everybody is rushing. You know, you're going to work or you're dropping kids off or whatever it is. The traffic is crazy. And you don't get that, you know, whereas these people would have had the, you know, the, the picket lines uh, went for six to 12 hours. So, you know there was only so much you could talk about, about the strike. So I'm sure, you know, th it seemed to be that they had, you know, conversations about their home life, about, you know, either hobbies, interests, everything. But I mean, th that's the, 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 I mean, the, the night we had in, in the lighthouse cinema, when in the Dublin film festival, when we released the film on the 4th of March, I mean, it was like being in a, at a football match. Cause just the atmosphere was just electric, you know, I, you don't get that at cinemas, but I mean, there was, clapping there was roaring at different pieces and you know there was just just that excitement but i think um yeah i think it you know with regard to filming it was just that mix of you know because of the way it worked out um there was that we had to take a certain amount of social media as well as the um you know the the, the sit down uh standard interviews and it works it works really well sorry sorry carol we just yeah. could have caught across you there say that say what you're gonna say um, no, it was just on your point about, um, I mean, with regards to the social media and, I mean, when they started removing the stock, I, it was very strategic in the way that when they did start to break up the pickets, it was done 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. They closed off streets. There was barriers to close off streets and everything. So nobody could get in and it could be a very controlled environment for the Gardaí and stuff like that. So it was... Um, I mean, it was very strategically done against workers. And then you had workers that were in their 50s, 60s that were being lifted up off the pickets and they didn't want they didn't want media coverage. Nobody wants media coverage of that. Yeah. So hence the reason the workers did have to do a lot of the, the filming themselves um, on the night just to highlight it. And these were live feeds that all around the country every day well all the shop stewards and all the people involved in the pickets were watching and it was devastating for us at the time and it's still a bit surreal the fact that they got away with it and the following day there was no coverage on any media platform in in regards to it so it was um very very strategically done in a sense well, I hope as well people will see this film because there's no denying that. Um, I do want to say again about um, sort of getting the edits together, and again, like it's 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 kind of it, there's a fast enough pace to it because it is it is quite dramatic. Um, can you actually tell me a little bit about how the the budget for this came around? How did you secure this? Was this something that maybe came in for the like the like because there's the I mean it's it's a very polished piece of film as well. 
Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose initially we were like toying with the idea of narration of somebody narrating film, but as you know, the film moves at a very fast pace. So I think it was actually um we were filming down, we just started filming down in um in Tralee in County Kerry, and there was a one of the one of the girls there, she uh, one of the workers, she used to um she was given the job of changing the, the, the numbers every day. So she had this sign that she had done um for four or six days, you know, it was the last one she brought along to the filming. And that's where that came from. And then it was Joe's idea to sort of use that sort of clock, you know, that that so yeah. it also gives people and you know where you are then, you know, throughout the film, you, you know, you know what I mean? Because it's it's sort of date driven and it's chronological. So that was sort of the the the, the idea to to with regard to to that. But um, as I say, so the way we edit when we basically took it in in sort of six chunks. Uh, and obviously started with you know I don't want to tell too much, but started with sort of the the email and and you know and and people a little bit of people's backgrounds. Yeah, because it does it has a kind of chapter episodic yeah. feel within it yeah. as well. That works really yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's that's really that was the idea then to use that sort of that that the, to to go through the four or six and break it down into well what what happened. So you obviously had the. You know the generic email. You have the 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 hundred days, which was the, the the where where I suppose Caroline and and people from, you know, different parts of the country. Actually, you have to remember that a lot of these workers never met. You know, the, the everything was done through Zoom or you know Zoom or WhatsApp. So you know, for the that, that hundred days uh, protest, that was probably the first time that workers um you know came together. You know, because of COVID. Um. So yeah. So yeah. It's got that. Um. And then obviously you have the, the. You know the occupy the building. So that's another like chapter, if you like. Um. And then the Kevin Foley talks. You know where the government actually finally get involved and uh, try and bring this to a head, which fails. And then it's sort of Christmas time. I mean, I remember speaking to one of the women, like um, uh, and. You know, they, they actually had their Christmas dinner on the picket line, you know, um, you know, which is incredible to think. I mean, this was in the middle where, you know, people were were dying from a disease as well. This was all going on in the background, you know, while this strike was going on. So, you know, um, so we sort of uh, and then obviously the, the it's like it's a build up to what happens on the night of the, you know, the, 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 situation where, um, you know, the injunction comes in then, and then it's a crime to pick it, you know, that, you know, these people shouldn't be, you know, it's, it's literally, a, you know, we can arrest you if you pick it here or you block a truck or you stand in front of a truck, you know? Um, so it was, to, so it's sort of that lead up to how the Gardaí smashed or the state, if you want, well, it wasn't even Gardaí. It was actually the riot squad that came in here for, for grandmothers and mothers. Um, so it, it's really that build up to how that the, the strike was smashed. Um, you know, it, it is the way we, we worked, but we broke it into sort of six chapters. And then I, th I think with the ending, uh, which you mentioned earlier, I think it's really that, you know, yeah sadly yes these people didn't get what they deserved they didn't get their agreed redundancy but i think one of the things that they would like to see is that and as a number of them said is it's it's really for their children or grandchildren 
and that they don't have to go through this again. You know, we have a, a Duffy Cal report sitting on a minister's desk, you know, gathering dust for the last seven years since Cleary's. And I mean, one of the proposals, and I think um, John Collins mentions it, the TD in the film, is that, you know, if that was law today, there would be a 30 day sort of cooling off period for liquidations in, in these cases. And people can sit down and say, well, what's happening here? Or, you know, rather than, you know, people, you know, and obviously the the Debenhams workers were the first group in Ireland to, to be to be basically sacked by email. You know, we 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 now have Twitter workers. The same thing happened to them. So, like, it's 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 an issue, and and it's not. Um, I suppose being, you know, we do have the. I think the, what these workers wanted was that that they had. There is now a Debenhams bill going through the doll. It's at stage three, and I suppose that 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 is. They didn't get what they deserved. And I mean, sadly, the um, you know, the companies involved here, the lenders who took over Debenhams, which were three American hedge funds, Bank of Ireland and Barclays Bank, they walked away with three hundred and fifteen million sterling, you know. And these people didn't get a penny. They all they got was a training fund. As and as one woman said to me, I'm sixty four years of age. I'm due to retire in two years' time. Do they want me to retrain as a brain surgeon? You know what do they want me to do? You know. So I think. Um, you know, I think what these people want now is a legislation that this never happens to their children or their grandchildren. You know, and I think that. But as I say, we we had to the way we had to edit this film. We had to we did it chronologically, and we had to people. If you didn't do it the way we did it, you might get lost in the film a little bit because you know there's so much. For as you said earlier, four hundred and six days. It it it's a long time. Like it's it's more than a year. It's 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 one. It's actually I think it's the longest striking in Irish industrial relations history. And obviously the force led by grandmothers and mothers in you know in you know, um. So I think um, the way we 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 sort of put it into chapters and and broke it down. And sort of the way we what we did was we we brought in the shop stewards as we were making the film. So we would sort of do from, say, the first 50 minutes and we showed them the first 50 minutes so that, they, you know, we hadn't you know, they were happy with it. We hadn't left anything out. We didn't miss anything, that sort of thing. So that's the way we we did it. But I think that the 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 idea of the and people will see it in the film, the way it moves from sort of zero, zero, one, which is the first day right up to 406 days. So you can follow and see what happens, you know, and throughout was, the strike. And you were saying you were sort of editing as you're going along, because again, it is so chronological. It's not something that yeah. you're going to have to go back and find the story. The story is kind of already there and you're just rejigging it to the yeah. best kind of format. Yeah. But tell me a little bit then about, you know, like kind of getting the sound, because again, it's very sort of powerful. There's, like it, it's very emotive as well. And I think the the sound definitely lends itself to that and how it's all mixed in um, and the pacing is really nice. That's what I was saying that there's, there's a, and even securing the rights to things like RT, I presume there's a bit of funds behind it. I was like, how did you guys raise that? Was that development funding? Did you guys get, um, did you guys get a production grant to do that to the end bit? Or was that all self no, we um unfortunately we uh I suppose we 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 just we went here there and I mean we went to unions we went to art links groups the county councils we went everywhere to raise the uh the monies for it so um um I suppose it was my uh first film to to be involved in so I I've learned a huge amount from it um and how sort of film works but yeah no we we um. 
sort of went around the houses and just goodwill of of private donations and different things like that. And but we see, I suppose, like the the problem we had was that um we had to start immediately. You know, we yeah. had to. You know, we I met Joe last February, and if we waited another year. Or, you know, if we had awaited and applied to different funding streams and all that sort of stuff, we it would have we we wouldn't have been able to make it because the buildings would have been sold, which they are now. Uh, and it's also it, it wouldn't be as raw in people's heads. Like literally, these people had just finished this strike. So we were able to sit down with them immediately. So um, you know, with regard to the the sound, yeah. I mean, we just used. I mean, we just found that sort of music, you know, um, of you know a, a generic database that you can use. Um, and I think also the the um, you know, we had the idea of it's like a heartbeat because it's raw, and that's what we wanted. It, it sort of reminds me a bit. I'm not sure if you know the Leia ad where the heartbeat's gone. So that's that's the idea that we sort of came up with. So it's like. Because you, what we what we didn't want with this film is that we lose people, you know that you're, you know. So we we had to keep it moving fast, and I think the sound and the music and the um, you know the the, the way that even the TikTok and the clock that people probably don't know what I'm talking about, but in the film, um, you know, it, it, it sort of all lends itself to it. It, it. As I say, we did have. At the start of the project, we were sort of we even had one of the workers in and we were thinking maybe you could narrate, but it was just too slow paced. We had to. It's yeah. Oh, no. It's, and it's much more. Visceral. It's a crescendo. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. it's like an opera. It's the film is like an opera. And then your end is just that build up to the riot scene. And that's the, um you know, in Henry Street and to, you know, to what happened to how the strike is smashed in Dublin and Cork. Or sorry, Dublin, Waterford, and Limerick, and and obviously Limerick is. I I think one of the most powerful parts of the of the film is um, uh, in Limerick, where is it's one it's the only store that they did, and and obviously Patrick Street, which they didn't touch. Um, Rebels County. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's a love. There's a lovely saying where um, uh, you know they sing uh, Limerick, you're a lady, you know, which is uh, you know, which is lovely because um. You know, and, and you can see that pride. I mean, it's it's four or five o'clock in the morning, you know, and there's people out in their pajamas that have come down to support the workers and everything. It's just incredible. But I mean, I think the great thing about it is, it, like in making this film, it was like meeting an extended family. You know, we started, you know, a half six um, last March, you know, in an empty Henry Street. And, you know, we went all around the country. We met, you know, people down, workers down in Waterford, Limerick, Cork, Tralee, um, I mean the the you know so it, 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 and everybody had a story you know I I even met this I mean it's not in the film but I, I mean I met this lady, uh, there was a lady down in in Waterford, and um, the Waterford loading bay looks onto a nursing home, okay, and um, there was a, a I think she was in her nineties or about ninety years of age. And her window looked out onto the uh, onto the low onto the Waterford loading bay, uh, the Debenhams loading bay in Waterford, and she was their lookout. She suffered with insomnia. <laughs> no word of a lie. She suffered with insomnia, and she uh, she was passing one day, and she said to the shop steward, she explained the story to the shop steward, and she said, "Look, I I don't sleep well at night. If you give me your number, 
I'll keep an eye out for trucks coming because the workers had a red alert. So like these trucks, like the KPMG trucks or the, you know, the, 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 the company they were using, they didn't come between nine to five. They came at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning. So this lady was there, was their lookout, which is an incredible story, you know, um, but that's just, you know, everybody had a story, you know, everybody we met. And that's such a brilliant story of uh, community resistance mm. and the power in because like, I mean, there's so much systemic injustice and that's very evident. But I think like that's something that is very inspiring because I think you would maybe think twice if they knew the outcome. I'm sure you would be like, oh, my God, if I had known that he didn't do it. But I wonder if you were, you know, planning on doing something similar and you were an executive at that top end going, oh, we just pay them like it'd be so much cheaper in the long run if we just pay them the next time. You know, there's the sunken cost fallacy of they've already lost the money. So they have fought this one. But I wonder, like, is it just will the battle be subdued a little bit? Because, I mean, if you think of all the legal fees, all the, the trucking rental fees that they had to pay, that they had to go back empty handed, like, is it just going to be a case of it's not worth it? Like, it's not worth the fight. And that's the that's well, the battle. I think for KPMG, it is worth the fight because they're still fighting against the workers. I mean, we do have we do have cases in the WRC that didn't get into that didn't get heard until last October. And now we're into we're almost into May and we still haven't we still haven't heard anything from the from the hearings and we still didn't get a judgment because I mean, KPMG are still battling to prevent us from getting any kind of even compensation for the way that um, our notice was giving and the fact that they they broke some uh, some laws and stuff like that. So KPMG, I mean, their, their pockets are very, very deep. And what they can do to prevent us from getting anything, they're going to, they're taking that and they're doing that. So, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of cases going to the WRC and taking this length of time. I mean, it's coming up on three, it'll be three years. It was three years in March since we were made redundant. And I mean, it's in, it's been dealt with in the WRC since last October. So, I mean, that's what, seven months? And we still haven't had a, a, a result from it. And um, so KP, KPMG have very, very deep pockets. And again, it's the it's the higher it's the hierarchy and it's the power that they have over the workers and to, I mean it's making a point. Yeah, I, you guys put up one hell of a fight though. Like that was <laughs> that was some that was some like putting the foot down. And I think again, like this film does celebrate that fighting spirit because I do think so many times there's just. It hasn't even turned out, do you know, like there's so many times people have just sort of given in and it is like, it is ye, it's the likes of ye, it's like Vicky Fela, do you know, like when that system roars its head and goes, you know, be silent, just go along with it. At the very least, that level of resistance just gives, I think, people hope as well that, you know, but I'd say it must have been exhausting. I'd say it was just purely exhausting. Um. What? what was at times especially when there wasn't I mean again KPMG refused to come around the table for any negotiations or talks or anything like that so there was um time lapses where there was nothing happening and it was a case of 
okay, if there's nothing happening, we're going to be here indefinitely. And it's just trying to maybe push for negotiations to, to transpire, to get somewhere, to bring it to a close. I mean, when we started out, we never, ever imagined that we would be there for 406 days. I mean, we started benchmarking our strike action against the Vita, Vita Cortex workers. And when we surpassed their um their their period of time of protesting, I mean, it was kind of we weren't on chartered territories then. But again, I mean, coming up to Christmas, it was a case of, well, we don't want to be having our Christmas dinner on the picket lines, but that's exactly what did happen. Um and I mean, going into the new year again, COVID was very, very prevalent after Christmas of um of that year, and there was a lot of fear. Um, so nobody wanted it to continue indefinitely, but at the same at the same time, I mean, people were people were still determined to stand up and fight and to stay strong together. So, I mean, there was an awful lot of resilience there, but we believed in what we were fighting for was right. And it was right, not just for ourselves, but for all of workers' rights. So I think it was just a strength in that knowledge that gave us the determination to carry forward with it. And I think the continuation of that is to, like I would say, see it, support the film. Definitely, it's it's worth a watch. Thank you both so much for chatting with us. But I would say that it's it's like it is an inspiration and I would definitely recommend um everyone to go out and see it because I think it's eye opening. It's just really shocking and it's really, really surprisingly powerful because you're like, again, we're at the precipice of another um another recession. So it's like if it can be if it can be you, it can be any of us. So I think it is it's it's as much of a film as it is a call to action. So um yeah, so thank you both so much. Um if there's anything that you guys want to add or um, yeah, I suppose that, well the, the the film comes out in cinemas on the 26th of May. Um so uh um and uh this will be we're we're actually also bringing the film into Dal Aaron on the 10th of May. So that uh that should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd like to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> so thanks so much for chatting with us. That's brilliant. Cheers. No problem. That's thanks great. So much. Thanks. Great film, thanks. guys. Good luck anyway. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks so right. much. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.